Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Tony Katz, the morning news, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins, filling in. Thrilled to be with you. A bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, Trump has appealed to an Illinois uh, court. The judge's ruling in Cook County that said he's not allowed to be on the ballot in in Illinois. Now, granted, a whole bunch of people throughout all of the rest of that state have decided they're not going to follow this anyway until the Supreme Court makes a decision on the Colorado uh, case. So even though a judge in Cook County, which, by the way, is Chicago area, um, so it's certainly very much the only part of uh, our neighbor to just our West uh, that so, so much hates and doesn't vote for uh, the former president. The rest of the state is actually quite red uh, with a couple little pockets of, I'd say, light blue. Uh, but what I think is so interesting about it, again, is that uh, Trump has actually challenged that within the Illinois court system. And depending on where the case gets placed, uh, what other part of the state he winds up getting it reviewed in, not Cook County, he might be able to win without needing what's going to happen with Colorado. But people throughout uh, the entire state, um, uh, those who run the elections there, since the primary in Illinois is coming up actually pretty soon, are saying, nah, we're going to wait. We're not going to do this, even though a judge has claimed that this is what we need to do. And what's so fascinating to me real quick, and it's not just about any one state that's making this decision. It's, it's the way that they're going about it. The saying that Trump is guilty of insurrection because they've decided he is, not because he's ever been tried for that anywhere in any court or is even going to face charges of that. He, he hasn't. These judges are deciding that when they look at all the evidence, they know he's guilty of a thing. And then they're removing him from the ballot because of that without anyone ever actually thinking, hey, if we think he's an insurrectionist, maybe we should bring him to court for that and see if we can prove that in a courtroom, uh, which by and uh, by and large, I think most would agree they wouldn't be able to do. Uh, it's it's just so interesting, though. It's just it feels as though as many states as possible are going to go ahead and get ready uh, to ban Trump. And then if it doesn't happen, if they all fail, then, oh, uh, well, it'll be fine. Um, another thing out there that I thought was uh, very interesting is, of course, these these border visits. Now, Biden chose to go to Brownsville, which, by the way, actually has the least amount of people who cross over the border into our country on the entire you know, um, uh, border where Texas shares with Mexico. So he actually chose a place that's still bad. They still have a lot of illegal immigration, but he chose a place where it's, it's not really all that bad um, comparatively. It's still bad, as I said. And then Trump chose to go to Eagle Pass, which is the place that has the absolute most uh, people crossing into our country. And so you got to see two different versions of the quote unquote problem. I, I hate this though. I hate the political theater of this and I've complained about it a bunch because Biden's not going to do anything different. If going places change the opinions of our leaders, I would absolutely love that they went places and, and learned stuff, but that's not what they do. They go places and the entire time it feels like they're just trying to reaffirm whatever they're doing makes sense. 
They're, they're trying to find some avenue. It's like if you're in an argument with someone who keeps losing and keeps twisting everything so that they try to pretend they're still winning. That, that's what this is. This is Biden walking around, seeing illegal immigration and being like, nah, nah, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> and then saying whatever he needs to say to himself to go back uh, to the White House and do nothing. Uh, that Nothing changes. Nothing gets done. Uh, that's why I'm annoyed by it. I understand why people make calls for politicians to go to the places where the problems are. I understand. We just all know they don't do the stuff that we hope they do. And so what's the point is, I guess, my question. And the point for them is to, to check it off a box. I went, I saw it. You guys can't keep asking me to go and I'm not doing anything about it and leave me alone, essentially. All right, I will take a break. Uh, there's a lot to cover today, a lot to talk about. I thought some of the questions that were thrown at uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin were incredible. Uh, Elise Stefanik uh, had some of them. Um, I think many others, Jim Jordan, I think threw some great questions out there. There's just, there's a lot. So I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, and also actually my favorite thing we'll talk about uh, right after uh, this break is Gen Z bosses and the weird texts that they send to their employees. I'll read some of the weird texts that are going on. Apparently Gen Z bosses think this is totally okay and actually good. Uh, every other boss is like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, but that coming up in more in a bit. This is uh, um, Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. You got Matt, you got uh, Carl, as you do every single morning on this show. Uh, Gen Z bosses send weird stuff to their employees and employees send weird stuff to their Gen Z bosses. Uh, that's the headline. That's the article. I thought it was pretty interesting. Essentially, it boils down to a lot of sarcasm. Uh, for the most part, say an employee who's younger uh, needs to get out of work an hour early. They might text a joke to their boss like, hey, I have to go feed my horse. And then the uh, boss, who's, I guess, approving the hour early without knowing the reason why, says, no problem. Just take some cute pics of the horse for me. Uh, but there's a bunch of this uh, going on. And here's the problem that other generations are, are talking about. Like, say you ever uh, decided to pretend that some of this stuff was true, especially if it gets inappropriate, which some of it does. It feels like the companies could be at a lot of risk of getting in trouble if bosses are sending ridiculous, sarcastic versions of back and forth uh, with their employees, uh, even if Gen Z is saying this is good because it's not uh, corporate lingo or annoying stuff that everybody can see through uh, that might make you like, I'm adding someone else in for visibility kind of stuff that they say they don't do that makes people happier. I mean, on my first glance here, I, I would think the relationship is developing between the employer and the employee in a personal way here, and that seems like sure. excess fraternization to me. Uh, something yes. that would leave the rest go. of the group out of. And I don't think that's... Listen, I know we're not in a game of fair and what's fair what's not, but I, I don't think no. that's right to the other employees yes. that you have this special relationship with your employee that you can text these things, but nobody else is in on that. And that creates kind of a, you know, elevated position from that one individual. And what happens if it's uh, some sort of, you know, uh, romantic thoughts between the two? I mean, it, right. again, all these things we've been, I've been taught, I won't speak for anybody else, all these things I've been taught in sexual harassment training, I mean, this goes directly against it, it feels like, especially when you say, <laughs> Yes, These no. things are a little bit naughty. I'm like, I'm not sending a naughty text to a coworker, let alone a boss. 
I, I, I love that you said that, Matt, because as I'm reading through some of the other examples on the Reddit post, I'm like, yeah, this this feels like HR would be very upset about some of this back and forth. And they're just joking. They're just kidding. And the relationship they're going to say is like, you know, good. They're friends. But there, there's a danger there. And I actually even think that if you're too friendly with your employees, they take advantage of you. And then when you have to actually like uh, snap that back, it's it's worse. So I almost imagine that the wake-up call between these employees and this employer is going to be terrible whenever there's a moment where the employer actually does have to say no or has to, like, you know, uh, reprimand somebody for something. And oh, it, it feels like you're putting yourself in a lot of bad situations. And didn't we learn in the Fonnie Willis case that these texts can come back to burn you? <laughs> yes, we definitely we just literally just learned that the other day as um, that uh, person who testified, the friend, um, was acting as though he'd never seen any of his texts before in his life which was sort of my favorite thing. But yes, text, text exists forever. What was that, Matt? No, no, I was just laughing. Um, it's, oh. <laughs> it's amazing to me that these kinds of, and you want to be friendly and, and somewhat vulnerable to your employees. I get that. But a lot of times sure. when you're just doing this with one person, it kind of creates, I don't know, and maybe I'm taking a leap here, but I've been through this where it creates some sort of codependent relationship between the employer and the employee where the employee feels like, oh, I can't do anything without this. Um, yeah. It's just this all encompassing thing where this relationship starts to build more personally and the next thing you know you, you feel like you're in a state you can't leave so i mean if i'm an employer I, i'm not doing that kind of stuff i'm just not right. going to do it i'm going to keep it professional now i'm going to be friendly and, and i'm going to if they want to bring personal matters to me fine but I, sure. I want to put the same rules out for them as i do everybody else i just yeah. think that's the and, best way to do it and as you said before, and as you pointed out, if you do have different rules for different people, that can bite you too as a boss. I love this story so much. This is an, a healthcare worker in Australia who put a video up that went viral on social media about the weirdest names that have come across um, you know, her desk or have come into uh, their hospital. Um, she gives a few examples, and then she finally spells the last one before she gives us the pronunciation on it. I'm going to spell it for both of you now and see if anyone can guess before I play the audio. The name is spelled C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. Anybody got a guess? Stephanie. <laughs> Let's go to the audio and see if Stephanie is right. I'm not, not feeling good for you, Matt. Okay. Very recently, we had a girl come into emergency and the doctor was like, how do you think you pronounce this name? So it was C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. And I was like, oh, that's easy. I really feel like that would be pronounced civilian. So he goes out into the waiting room and he's like, civilian, civilian, nothing. After a little bit, this girl stands up and he's like, that's me. And I think that you mean Caitlin. So then she proceeded to tell everybody, she was pretty unimpressed, that the V-I-I in her name was actually Roman numerals. So that was an eight. So her name was Caitlin. <laughs> got a Roman numeral in her name. Your baby's an emperor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I loved it so much that that the doctors are all like civilian, civilian, and she's like, I I'm offended. I think you mean Caitlin. How yes, dare you Caitlin. not know that V I I is eight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I I didn't even get it until you explained it to me. Okay, the V I I it's C V I I I L Y N. So you have Caitlin. yes. Okay. So it's 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 C V to start off, uh, or the C is just to start off Caitlin. Then the V I I I is the Roman numeral eight. And then the rest of it is Lynn. So it's it's awesome. Maybe it's a religious uh, And I don't know why you, know? you do that. 
What was that? Maybe it's a religious name of some sorts. I don't know. Sure. I mean, it could be, yeah. I don't know why you do that to a kid, though, because one of the other things I was thinking is if you make a messed up name for your child, but then you say it normal so everyone thinks it's normal, you're screwing them in spelling bees for the first, like, five years of their life. They'll have no <laughs> idea how to spell stuff because they'll think it all has Roman numerals and other things in it. It'll be messy. And it's as as if the parents were never kids themselves. They don't know that they don't realize right. that the kids don't tease. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. No. that's really true. Um, no one's going to tease a kid with a Roman numeral in her name, please. That's not going to happen. I saw this. I like this story, too. A junk food hikes the risk of 32 different diseases and health conditions, a lot of them listed uh, by the people who did the study. There's one listed that I don't think they needed to list, though. Like, out of all the 32, there's gastrointestinal issues, cardiovascular, respiratory, and then they just wrote death which I thought was a little dark because I kind of understand that if I'm having a lot of other issues that I'm, I'm likely to not, you know, uh, last a long time. So I don't know why you needed to write that junk food causes death. Well, it's good to know that if you have diarrhea, you're about to kick off. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much, there's no medium in this. Listen, it's, are we still doing junk food studies? Have we not learned that junk food is banned for us? I mean, it's, no. it's a comfort food and it's right. expensive to begin with. I mean, I know yes. you can get cheap brands, but uh, everybody, Everybody talks about how healthy eating is so expensive, but you look at some, even when you put together like these healthy choice meals or, or, or these other kinds of meals, um, that starts to add up even sure. as junk food because it's all prepackaged stuff. You're buying like the uh, add additives and everything yes, else. Uh, same absolutely, thing with junk man. food. Yeah. No, it's funny. And actually, I was even thinking that it felt like the scientists as they were studying this study that you said, we don't need to study anymore. We know junk food's bad. Just went to like WebMD at the end because WebMD always thinks you're about to die. <laughs> right, so they're like, right. And also death. OK, we got to put that one in there. All right. We'll, we'll take a break. We got a lot coming up on the show today. Uh, Tony Katz, we're going to hear from him a couple times uh, in Israel, which is very, very cool that I get to keep playing that audio. And a lot, lot more. Uh, we'll even have a guest talking about some of these brand new decisions made in Indiana uh, schools to add more cameras, try to protect the schools better. Uh, all that coming up in a bit. Um, Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Matt. News 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in uh, Elise Stefanik and then actually I think a few other uh, politicians. Jim Banks, one of the ones is the audio I'm going to play, asked some really great questions uh, to uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin because he was in the hospital for a while and we didn't really know he was there. And that seems weird because you feel like at least the president uh, should be talking to him more often than he does. Here first is Stefanik with some of this back and forth questioning that went viral yesterday. So God forbid there was a retaliatory strike. That would have caused potential delays and it is unacceptable. Let me ask you this. What disciplinary action would a junior service member face oh. if he or she failed to properly notify their chain of command and failed to report for duty? If, uh, if, a, if Okay. When you're struggling this bad to answer these questions, that's a pretty good question. If uh, if somebody under uh, me uh, who uh, did stuff that I did, a service member was in a hospital. I think uh, the chain of command would uh, would be concerned about why they're in a hospital and and uh, and make sure that uh, they're doing the right things to take care of them and their families. But don't you think it's their responsibility to notify their commanding <laughs> officer? Yeah, you didn't answer the question that first time, bud. I think uh, the answer is yes. Possible, yes. In, in my case, <laughs> uh, you know, I I would expect that my organization 
would do the right things to notify uh, senior leaders. It's not my fault. It's everybody else's fault. I don't know why they didn't tell people stuff, even though as I was getting picked up uh, in the ambulance, uh, my staff also told them not to have lights on or sound going or anything. Let's do this real quiet like. But then my staff is supposed to immediately realize that once I'm in the hospital, we got to tell people, uh, even if we're not sure if the boss wants us to. That makes no sense. Uh, let's do some Jim Banks back and forth with Lloyd Austin as well. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary, help us get this straight. At what point during your hospital stay did you or your staff decide that the president should know about your hospitalization? As I understand it, my chief of staff uh, contacted the uh, the national security advisor and advised him that I'd been hospitalized on the 4th of Jan- uh, 4th of January. At what point during your stay was the 4th of January? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't hear how long into your stay was that? <laughs> well, you got to be like this specific about stuff, by the way. Like, uh, so I asked the question and you gave me a, a date. You didn't tell me duration yet. Can we, can we get that please? Well, um, as we've uh, pointed out, uh, as it's been pointed out earlier, I, uh, days, I was admitted days to the hospital after you were hospitalized? January, right. Okay. okay. Um, yes days. or no. Did you tell your staff not to inform the president, anyone on your staff? I never told anyone not to inform uh, the president, the White House, or anyone else about my hospital- hospitalization. Okay, so the 30-day the review summary uh, lays a lot of blame at the feet of your staff. Because they all are terrible. They're all awful. I love when the bosses also blame the staff. That's always a good move. That always feels good. Uh, They go on. And a little bit later in the back and forth, uh, Jim Banks says something that's pretty awesome. I participate in uh, in all of the. uh, uh, Let me me ask you this. On January 2nd, while you were in the hospital, President Biden was vacationing in the Caribbean. Your deputy, who the president didn't even know had operational control, was on a beach in Puerto Rico. <laughs> what kind of message does that send to our adversaries? Not good. Not good. Uh, the key piece is that, number one, uh, the deputy has uh, the ability to, uh, uh, she has access to secure communications. She has the ab- She's doing great on the beach. What are you talking about? I love this back and forth. Uh, Jim even said either the president is so, is that aloof uh, that, you know, unaware of what's going on, or you are irrelevant. The defense secretary is irrelevant do any of the uh, necessary things uh, that happen every day for protection of this country, uh, both of which are, are well, uh, terrifying. All right, uh, we'll take a break on that. A lot more in a bit. Uh, Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Carl hanging out as they do every morning on this show. I talked about this earlier this week. There was a Willy Wonka like event thing, I think, that was held. And it was terrible. It's actually been uh, very much uh, compared to the the fire festival, uh, which is another thing that was absolutely awful that people spent a lot of money on that didn't go well. But some of this audio that's now gone viral is my favorite. Uh, one of the actors who was hired to be a part of what was essentially a empty warehouse with a few decorations in Scotland that they were saying was a Willy Wonka uh, themed experience. Uh, but the actor who was hired to play Willy Wonka had like an awesome 
um, understanding of himself. I think if you're, who knows if he's a successful actor at all in any capacity, but I think you got to know what parts fit you and what parts don't. And apparently he said he was very aware it was going to be bad when he got the lead role. Here we go. Anyone who bought tickets to this event, people who are expecting a magical chocolate experience uh, and got me in a top hat in a warehouse in Glasgow. So the first red flag for me was when I was cast as Willy Wonka. Um, anyone who looks at me and thinks Willy Wonka and not Umpa Lumpa is out of their mind. I give off major Umpa Lumpa energy. It was an absolute mess. You don't want a Willy Wonka that's an Umpa Lumpa. <laughs> oh. No, that's the the Oompa Loompas are are, are, are to t- distract the attention from Willy Wonka and all of his booby traps. Right. You know, I mean, yes. th- that's what they're there for is so you look the yeah. other way. You know, exactly. I, I love the fact that the guy says I give off major Oompa Loompa vibes, though. I don't even know what that means outside of he might be a little on the short side. He's green. Yeah, he has a, <laughs> he's a very green person. Ah, that'd be so great. Yes, but that—that's—that's that's more information uh, about this thing that I guess everybody's talking about because it went viral and it's awful. And artificial intelligence is partly to blame because it enhanced the experience <laughs> in the advertisements. Yeah, um, 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 I, 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 I look at this. Why, why didn't this guy just build a haunted house? I mean, it would have. <laughs> It, it, sure. It's kind of the same vibe. I mean, you have the you you can have the girl turns into a blueberry baker into a pie. I mean, yeah. look at this. I'm just brainstorming right now, and I already have better ideas than the chocolate factory. <laughs> I know it's amazing. Um, another thing I saw out there, I loved this. It's a salon that went viral. Uh, a guy went in for some sort of like fifteen dollar, um, you know, walk in haircut. Uh, so it's probably like a Great Clips kind of place. It's not a Great Clips. Don't I didn't take a shot directly at that establishment, but something like it, like a cheaper a haircut spot. Um, and so the person walks in, they didn't have an appointment. And when they get to the point to do the tip, the program says three different options, 50% tip, 70% tip or 90% tip. Woo! And then you can put in your own, you can customize your own. And so the guy looks up and he's like, this is obviously a mistake. And they're like, no, no, no. Anybody that comes in without an appointment, these are our suggested tipping ranges. Well, then this was not, I mean, is there a sign that says, by the way, we, we're going to get you if you don't make an appointment here? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, what, I what kind of forewarning is there about this? Because I, I think that's pretty disingenuous if you just take the sure. money for walking in and not making an appointment. Now, I, I understand people have to protect their business. I mean, if you don't give notices some places and you cancel appointment, you're going to get dinged, maybe 50% yes. of the actual cost. That oh, yeah. I get. But if somebody walks in all willy-nilly and doesn't know that they're about to pay, a 90% tip for a haircut. I think that's entirely unfair. I, I love the fact that the salon actually defended it, though, because I would I would definitely act like it was an error with the computer. Uh, I would let it happen, I guess, if I wanted that much of a tip. And then when they're like, I can't hit any of these buttons, be like, oh, my, oh, so sorry about that. Let's fix these. You know, I would never say I did it on purpose. Ask for a 90% tip on a $15 haircut. That that just seems wrong. Now get you reported um, to the, I know bu- the salon Better was... Business Bureau. You know, that's what yeah, happens there. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Immediate, just call them from the salon. Go ahead and bring them over. <laughs> Everybody making a TikTok. All right. I found a list on Reddit, and I, I didn't send it to you guys. I actually have started sending a lot of my topics to you guys. I didn't send this one because it has a mature rating, and I figured that's not a good thing to send via email to other people at work. Um, but it's a list of the the pettiest things people have done after a breakup. And I've cleaned up some of them, and we can read through some of them. Does anyone want to admit to anything you've done or anything someone did to you after a breakup that you think is interesting, or should I just get into the list? Uh, mine. <laughs> um, 
Think about it, Matt. Yeah, you want it out there? Is, my mind were just so sad. <laughs> we really just you. didn't want to do uh, have anything to do with each other anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was over, and you knew it was over. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, actually that was, usually good. Yeah, good the, Here's some of the. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I feel like you're still trying to work it out, man. I feel I, like you you want to you want to get a little bit off your chest. I I, I do, but I don't. Um, okay. I, these are yeah, wonderful yeah. women, wonderful people. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They're great people. Yeah. All right, here's some of what uh, these great women have done or great men have done after breaking up in a relationship. One person cleaned the toilet with a toothbrush and put it back. I feel like that's there a move you you've heard before. It's gross, but it happens. Cut the tips off of all of the pant pockets. Uh, this is something someone did. So every pant pocket would have items just fall right through to the floor. That's that's a, a unique kind of petty that takes a lot of time. I uh, stole every single one of the power cords, including the cord to the fridge. So you had all the items. You had no way to plug them into anything. Uh, stuffed raw fish into curtain rods of his windows and Ooh, never told him was one that a, someone. <laughs> that's a good one. It is. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, he has. He was a DJ, so he still used vinyl records. So she went through his massive collection and put every record in the wrong sleeve. So she didn't ruin the records. She just mixed them all up. Okay, this is one person doing all of these things. No, or no, no, these, these are, are all different, different people. Okay, okay. Because yeah. yeah. these these really sound petty <laughs> to me. They don't sound like anything. I mean, I could correct all that right. in an hour. You know, I, yeah. I'm talking about it. If, if I'm going to go hell's bells, I'm ruining somebody's credit. Um, you know, I I, I want to get them fired. I want to end their career. Sure. I mean, this is like, yeah. okay, oh, I have to replace the power cord on the refrigerator. There's nothing in there anyway, yeah. so nothing's going to spoil. Yeah. That's fine. I'm good. I got, yeah. Right. I got to make one trip to Best Buy, and then I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> no, I love that. I love you asked that it was all one person, because this person would be insane if they were taking this much time <laughs> to do all this stuff. A woman was shoving the guy's clothes into a suitcase and then had the cat go to the bathroom in the suitcase. And then one last one uh, requested multiple visits to a guy's house by various religious groups like Jehovah's Witness. So just sent a bunch of uh, religious organizations to pitch their product uh, to this guy after the breakup. Those are some of the things people have done. I'd be like, welcome. Come on in, guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. what's your pitch? Yeah, I'm, I'm a free agent right, right now. Come on. Yeah, they, these are all just, uh, I mean... Just There's annoying. Not, they're annoying, yeah. yes. And they're you done know, in a day. You haven't done anything. You know, real quick, and I know we got to get to traffic, but my grandmother, who used to live in Indianapolis, would invite Jehovah's Witness in and try to convert them to Catholic. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. Every single time they knock on awesome. her door, she'd be like, you come in, you go first, I'll go second, and we'll see who wins. You know what, uh, Matt, Every, you got some traffic Everybody course? probably loved that, too. It was probably They did. Yeah, it's a great did. experience. Right here, right now. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Raheem was the site of the music festival where hundreds were massacred by Hamas terrorists. And I am standing right now in that field. And there are people who have come from all over Israel. I think they've come from all over the globe to to pay their respects, to see what has taken place. I'm trying to think of an area in Indianapolis that could well represent this. It is part field, part grove. Um, the, the roadways are all dirt and, and parking areas. And, and then uh, there, there's the area where the stage was. There's no... I, I don't think Turkey Run Park uh, is, is well applied here. I don't know if the park 
at Fort Ben uh, works uh, as a way to kind of understand it. It's a pretty large spot. And it is filled not only with Israeli flags, but they started planting trees to honor the dead. And it's just rows and rows and rows of hundreds of trees and the names of the people who were murdered and pictures. And I, 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 I will take some photos and I will share them. It's been one of the big conversations uh, as I, I just... Uh, uh, did a tour of a kibbutz, uh, which is uh, uh, where some people live. We want to call it a village, a little bit of a commune kind of feel, one called Berry. Uh, and it was the hardest hit kibbutz. Damage, I, di I didn't see in any picture. No picture that has ever uh, been shown shows the damage. The RPGs, uh, rock-propelled grenades, fired into homes from five, six, seven, ten feet away. It's it's massive. Homes that were set on fire because they were trying to burn the people out. Either they would come out so they could get shot and killed or they would die of smoke inhalation. The, the barbarism, we have not begun to understand the level of, of barbarism and not just from the Hamas terrorists. Uh, there are stories that people came through uh, the border at Gaza, which I'm just a few miles away from right now, um, came through, uh, who, who were not quote unquote part of Hamas, but, uh, absolutely were there to, to do damage and inflicted some of the most radical damage and the most physical abuse on people, as I'm told from soldiers and, and others, uh, in, in, in my, uh, in my travels here. Um, there's been a question though about, do you take video? Do you take a picture? Isn't it a little bit ugly. Uh, just moments ago, I was at the bus stop where people ran to as the terrorists were paragliding in uh, and and trying to be safe. It's, it's basically a concrete box and you can see the bullet holes where the bullets tore away at the concrete and the people that died in in, in this in this concrete box trying to, to get away do you take pictures of that and and for me the the answer is yes because documentation is everything telling this story is everything I didn't come here just to see I came here to share and share the story that people like Congressman Rashida Tlaib and Congressman Andre Carson don't share. And shame on them, anybody who wants to talk about Israel and how dare they without talking about Hamas and how dare they. Everything is better when Hamas is gone. Peace can happen when Hamas is gone. There's no debating. We're done with that. I say let's fight. And for all the trolls and fools who show up on my social media feeds, you are what you are and we are what we are. And what we are, people recognizing that there is a disaster in our humanity, a disaster. And that disaster is Hamas, funded by Iran. Hezbollah, funded by Iran. The Houthi rebels, funded by Iran. We have a theme here. This is brutality. And it has been, I started my day 6 a.m. local time, so that would have been 11 p.m. for you guys. And it's just been Nonstop, nonstop, one place after another, one horrible story after another, one, oh my gosh, what am I looking at after another? Uh, I, 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 the, the barbarism is more than we have been told. And so sharing this part of it,
uh, um, I am glad I get to do uh, with you. I appreciate it, uh, Craig, giving me a couple minutes on my own show. Um, I've got more reporting going on. We head to the north in a couple of days, but I'll have more for you. Uh, and on Tony Katz today at noon, and you'll find the videos that we've done at WIBC.com. Uh, Craig, back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. And uh, wow, uh, there's there's no response uh, to what he just said other than um, that's exactly the reason that, and he stated it, that you go there is to share this information. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, Tony. Take pictures, uh, give us information, uh, update us on, on everything there. Uh, make this something that everyone understands. but. Wow, uh, is also my reaction. A quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Carl hanging out as they do every morning on this show. Uh, You just heard from Tony. You'll hear from him again. Uh, just after the uh, eight o'clock hour, uh, as we get to the things he's reporting uh, uh, to us, uh, back to us uh, from Israel, and they're they're moving. I'm still moved by the one I just played a few uh, minutes ago, but that's coming up again later in the show. Uh, Burger King has decided to troll Wendy's. I had no idea when Matt Bear mentioned to me like two days ago that Wendy's was introducing dynamic pricing, that this is a three-day story. I had no idea it'd keep coming up in the news. I don't know if Matt, if you had an inkling that this was going to be a, a big one uh, in the world of, I don't know, trolley social media stuff. Oh, after Wendy's nuked the idea, I thought we'd never hear from Wendy's again. Uh, I just <laughs> thought that they would so close it up, board it up, be done. To be fair, we didn't hear from Wendy's. We heard from Burger King. Right, apparently right. people really loved Burger King. Did you see what they said? No, I did not. No, what did they say? So on Twitter, Burger King said the only thing surging at BK is the fire. Uh, we don't believe in charging people more when they're hungry. Free Whopper or Impossible Whopper with a $3 purchase on the BK app starting Friday. So they're they're already taking shots at each other now on social media. You know, I, I don't know why, but if there was going to be a wise A that comes out and gets after Wendy's about this, I'd figure it'd be Burger King because they've kind of been a master's <laughs> class in advertising the last sure. couple of decades. I mean, Burger King is funny. You'll never hear yes. those words again, by the way. Burger King is funny. They had an ad. <laughs> Do you remember the freakishly uh, big-headed king that they used to have that yes. walked around the red? These commercials, a lot of people were like, these are awful, these are horrible, and I'm like, I I can't forget it. This is a no, brilliant yeah. ad campaign. And then they turned it into an original Xbox game. That was awful, but it was great marketing. I mean, these guys really know what they're doing. All right. I was with you with almost everything you said there. And then you said you played the Burger King Xbox game, and I need to know more. Did you buy well, this, Matt? I, listen, I, I didn't want to out myself like I was actually playing it, but yeah, I might have tried it once or twice. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you have a controller, you have the paddle in one hand, yeah. a, a whopper yeah. in the other, and your life is no. set, you know? I mean, who needs right. women? You, you don't. I, I get mean. it. Everyone makes the mistake of going to the video game store, purchasing that video game, right. taking it home, putting it in their Xbox, and eating Burger King while you play it. Everybody does that by accident, man. Well, it's I mean, fine. you know, the, the those that really want to, uh, you know, get rid of their youth in the most unproductive manner. That's the best way to do it right there. Yeah. You know, there used to be a McDonald's video game on Nintendo. I, I No one's yes. going to remember this. Oh, I just I remember. Did. How, did, did you know it? Yeah, I played it. Yeah, I had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it was, was it? It was called like the McDouble Kids or something. Uh, the McKids or something. The Mickey Kids, or yeah. something, and it was just an advertisement for McDonald's. Of course, right. it was. You know, it was a McDonald's right. game, but it, it was absolutely yeah. horrible, just like the Burger King uh-huh. game was. And it was a time when you know fast food corporations could get away with that. That now, if you Anything. see like Burger King or McDonald's on a video game, you know it's going to suck. <laughs> but 
and then we were kind of we were a little more gullible because we were younger. You oh know? yeah. No, it's I, I just started to remind, like I forgot about that entirely, and I just started to remember that like you collected coupons and stuff, and like you had to <laughs> yes, get Happy Meals. Like yes. it was, it was definitely an advertisement. It was terrible. It was, oh well, it was. You had Super Mario was, Brothers but, over here and McKids over here. You know, you pop in Mario <laughs> Brothers every time. I love that easy. we both played McKids. Anyone else in our group with Matt and I that played McKids, let us know. Text the station. Do something. Maybe we all get together at <laughs> some sort of video game bar. I want to <laughs> go back through it. Seriously. Emulated. That's not like fun. No. I'm going to be so sad when I notice how much of an advertisement it is. And as a kid, I didn't totally get it. That's going to make me feel very dumb. Uh, I saw this story. I don't know why I like this so much. NYU scientists looked into why humans evolved to not have tails anymore. At least they're claiming we had tails as a Catholic. I don't know. I, I don't see tails in the Bible. But I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking my biggest confusion, I know, my biggest confusion with this, though, is apparently they're saying that the tails were more harm than good. They caused, like, back problems and other things. So our bodies just eventually dropped them, is what they're saying. And they saw this in, in mice as well. They'd get rid of their tails if they were causing health issues. How do you react to humans had tails, but uh, they were more harm than good? All I can think about, and this is just me, is um, if a woman had a tail, would that be a deal breaker? And <laughs> and I'm thinking it's, and, and to me, it's just, I mean, it's something to talk about, you know? I mean, you compliment yeah. her dress, you compliment her tail. Right. It's the same thing. It's like, but you don't start with that. It's kind of like, hey, um, no. you know, what are you into? You know, you look nice. I like your eyes. Yeah. Um, you got a great tail, and but right. you're actually referring to the tail and not the bottom. So, you know, I think it's, you know, it's- it plays, it works. It's interesting that you say, I love that you say it that way, because I think the first date, you can't even really bring up the tail. She's probably nervous about it. She thinks you're going to get, you know, right. a little bit weirded out because she's the only person that has a tail. And depending on how how much you like the rest of the lady, I think you go two or three dates before you even start talking about the tail. That's an excellent point. I mean, it's like uh, yeah. dating somebody in the adult entertainment industry. You don't bring it up initially, <laughs> but eventually you begin to build this bond, and then you can talk about anything. Uh, it's, it, you do uh, need to talk about it. At some point, she has yeah. a tail. You know, Look, it's, Matt, it's okay. I, I think you're you're hilarious, and I adore you, but uh, as we talk, there's always that moment where I'm like, yeah, I don't know anymore, because you. it sounds like you've dated some adult industry people. I've never had that experience. I have I don't not. Know. I, I don't have know. not. It's on my bucket list, though. <laughs> it really is. Is it? Okay, yeah, good. Well, we can fix that. Indianapolis, you just heard this. Uh, Matt Fair. I'm not He's dating an Indianapolis porn star, no. <laughs> Sentences I never thought I'd hear on the radio uh, from that bear. No, no. uh, one last one. I do love this story. This is awesome. Uh, petty parents uh, got mad at a babysitter uh, that ate two pieces of cake while she was babysitting uh, their children. So they sent a bill to the mom of the, the girl who was babysitting. And the mom was irate. She went on, on Reddit. She complained. She said, who's the uh, jerk? She went to one of my favorite places on Reddit. And people all weighed in by saying, absolutely, this is petty. Absolutely, this is dumb uh, that the parents of the children who had the cake uh, tried to bill for the cake after it was eaten. I will say I have one caveat. I do think it's petty. I do think it shouldn't have happened. But you probably shouldn't just be randomly eating other people's food in their home without asking them. Like, it feels like there's a rudeness to the behavior, even if I wouldn't have sent a bill for it. If you're eating people's food randomly, you better be breaking into the house. That's that's pretty much it. You better you better be yeah. doing the full-on thing. You know, get the drink. Right. Listen, no, just have some common decency. These people hired you for a job. You know, they're mm-hmm. putting some trust in you. They're saying, hey, we trust you with our kids. You know, maybe not eat the food. To me, if I was a babysitter, and seriously, and I did that, I, I would be like, I'm going to lose my tip here. 
Right. You lose your oh, tip. Yeah. You lose your gratuity. So, you know, At do the, the job. Least. Be professional. Right. 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 But I just can't imagine the whole writing out the receipt thing and then sending it over to the other mom and then, you know, feeling like it was a good idea. There's a moment where my um, uh, pride, I don't know what it even <laughs> is that I'd call it, would kick in and I'd be like, I can't do this. I can't go this far <laughs> in my anger about the cake. Uh, depending on how good the cake is, I guess maybe I could go a little bit further, but I'd never do that. Yeah, take the take the high school babysitter to small claims court. There you go. You really, <laughs> really light yeah. her up. Yeah, you have like an actual map of the amount of cake that she's eaten. We're like, this is 37% of the cake we spent $27 on. So we're looking for that money back plus uh, emotional damage. This is my lawyer, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> nice to meet him. We're going to see you back yeah, to the Stone Age now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so to recap, in this segment, we learned that Matt Bear would like to date a porn star, but not from Indianapolis. Sure. And then also... And then, and then also that he's not surprised because Burger King is hilarious that they made fun of Wendy's. I'm, I'm on board, man. This I is love fantastic. Burger King. I, I could eat a Whopper. I right do too. Now. How, how could you not? And, yeah. and both of us played the McKids video game. We want other people in on it. We're going to do a whole event. I can't promise that's actually going to happen. Uh, Matt, you got some traffic for us? <laughs> Hey, what's up, Ryan? Yeah, this Allisonville road closure is a big deal. It's at 146th Street. It starts today. They're building a roundabout there. And basically, Allisonville Road is going to be closed before to the south and to the north of 146th Street. Our sentence on this is going to be about 90 days, and then that area should reopen. So basically, look for Allisonville Road at 146th Street to reopen sometime after the race. Indianapolis 500. Looking at northbound 37, stop and go traffic from Appler Avenue up to 46. 65. That's a construction zone. Traffic sponsored by B Window. A B Window is more than a pane of glass. It's specifically designed to bring more light, warmth, and inspiration into your home. And for a limited time with me, get 45% off with no payments or interest for 20 months. I'm Matt Bear with Traffic on the Fives. Follow us at WIBC Traffic. Thank you, Matt. Scattered showers mainly after 11 a.m. today. Increasing clouds, high of 45. Right now in downtown Indianapolis, it is 30 degrees. That temperature is brought to you by the American Standard Heating Weather Center of 93 WIBC, 736 Friday morning. Tony Katz, the morning news, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Um, a whistleblower who is also a, um, you know, doctor, uh, her name is Jamie Reed, uh, testified in front of Congress the other day about uh, gender affirming care or um, a lot of the things that are happening and being discussed right now in the world of politics, but also just in the world of like parents and humanity. I don't talk about this topic as much as as many other people do, uh, mostly because I don't have kids, not that I dismiss the importance of it. But I don't have children of my own that I feel a need to protect. So it's not a day-to-day life, um, you know, reminder for me of what what's at stake or what's, um, you know, being debated. Uh, but this woman and the way in which she spoke really seems to bring home a lot of these ideas. And by the way, uh, the reason I'm even choosing to play this audio is how she describes herself after saying what she says about her personal experience, her professional experience, and her change of heart in a belief that something was okay that she now thinks is not okay. Uh, she describes herself as, as a Democratic voter, uh, as a, a, a gay woman. Uh, she's, she's married to someone that, that she says is transgender, and yet she's advocating against gender-affirming care. Uh, some people be like, why would you play audio of a person um, you know, that, that seems like they're on a certain side of the political aisle or whatever? Because it, it demonstrates 
the nuance in the conversation that even people with as much experience or as much connection to these these communities of people is saying the same thing that some conservatives, many conservatives are saying, and conservatives are being called hateful for how they're going about it. But here, I just thought this audio was so impactful, I had to play it today. Good morning. My name is Jamie Reed. I have a master's of science in clinical research, and I worked in a pediatric gender center in St. Louis, Missouri. I was a firm believer in pediatric gender medicine. In my four-year tenure there, I saw many children receive so-called gender-affirming care that ended up leading to significant harms and poor outcomes. I'm a passionate advocate for these kids, and so I spoke out as a whistleblower to bring about reforms. We had patients in my tenure detransition. We had patients in my tenure have total radical mastectomies and express regret within months. Wow. I counseled patients who had vaginal lacerations due wow. to the atrophy from testosterone, who we had to send directly to the emergency room, who then went directly into emergency surgery. I am a lifelong Democrat, a gay woman, and my spouse is trans. As a Democrat, I adamantly disagree this is a left and right issue. And as a gay woman, I implore Democrats to consider how medicalization of children and adolescents will harm young gay and lesbian people. Uh, yes, uh, to all the things that she said there. Um, the, the harm being done is being uh, hidden. And it's they're pretending as though they being the politicians and the people talking about this, they're pretending as though there isn't harm. Uh, because the only way to win certain arguments that exist in our society right now is to deny some of the truth and only focus on the things that they believe, again, the Democrats, the political parties of the world, reinforce their stance and make the other side seem evil and terrible and whatever ist or, or phobic that they want to uh, say people are. And, and even more important on this topic, and I, I don't mean to to belabor these points for too long, but even more important on this topic is the idea that mental health itself is something that's now becoming more and more confusing to more and more children because they're being told about solutions that they believe will help them that don't. It would be like you going to the doctor, the doctor saying you have a serious medical condition, whatever it might be, and I have the treatment for you. And then you go through a treatment that's uniquely, um, I, I mean, I can't even really compare to the stuff that they're doing uh, to kids in this situation, but whatever it is, you, know, you go through the treatment and it doesn't work. It, it completely fails. And so you put all that effort in and, and nothing um, resolves as far as whatever the problem was. They, they misdiagnose you uh, essentially, and you got to go back and find a different treatment. And then think of that devastation if you're a child and think of that devastation if you changed your body. Uh, I, I can't fathom. Uh, some of those things and how parents would react to it. But to me, uh, this should be the resounding uh, version of, of information from someone inside uh, the system uh, that's, that's saying it's broken. All right. One other quick thing that I'll, I'll throw out there before I take a break. And I love this story. Uh, producer Carl just sent it to me. And I figured after something serious, uh, we needed a bit of a palate cleanser. Uh, but the uh, New York Attorney General, Latia James, is suing one of the largest producers of beef over cow farts. Uh, this is essentially what she's saying. She says emissions are bad. You got you got a lot of beef, and because of that, you got a lot of cows, and all those cows are farting. And I, I want to make sure that they're not. Um, people are accusing this of being greenwashing and misleading the public about the environmental impact of a thing that they can't figure out. If you make a lot of beef by having a lot of cows, I don't know how you get them to stop farting. I, I don't know what the process is here, and I don't even think that's really been thrown out in there. Uh, and I don't really want to know what the ideas could be. But I, I do love the fact that someone who went after Trump 
and said that she's absolutely not doing this for any sort of political reason. She's 100% doing this because it's important. And these are the cases New York needs to focus on is now trying to sue a beef manufacturer for cow farting. You don't make this stuff up, people. It's just real. Uh, quick break. A lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Holland filling in. Uh, Matt and Carl hanging out as they do every single morning on this show. Uh, I, I live in Illinois, and um, I recently went to a, a preseason thing. Well, recently is not true. I guess this is almost uh, half a year ago now. A preseason thing for the Chicago Bears, and they let regular people uh, do the combine. Uh, the way that the professional athletes or the college athletes that are going to the NFL do. I know the combines in Indianapolis right now. Have you guys ever done this, uh, Matt or Carl? Have you ever tried any of the combine events and gotten any of your times? Not me. No, not you. And Matt, not you <laughs> no, either. I, 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 it looks like Matt's like waving us off. No, no, I was, I was oh, waving okay. to you. I was, I was like, Carl? <laughs> Sorry. Not me. I'm always at Carl work. And I I work these things go we're at working out our communications issues. I, I, don't, <laughs> nice. I don't have any like way to talk Fair to enough. Carl. And Carl's my friend. It depresses me. Um, <laughs> it's no. I, I've never done a combine. As a matter of fact, okay. I can't remember the last time I ran 40 yards. To be honest, yeah. so I'm I'm going to encourage anyone that's not in like shape that they used to be in themselves not to do this. I don't think you should do it. I don't think you want to know your numbers and then look at how your numbers, you know, match up to, and I'm not going to give you any of my numbers, by the way, but it, it, <laughs> it seems fun. And then it's not fun. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is because Tom Brady recently tried the 40 yard dash to see if he could beat his time from when he was in his twenties. And he did at 46 years old, he ran faster than he did when he was 22 in a 40 yard dash that's just wrong. That's just not fair. That just shouldn't be happening. Uh, really, this whole segment is just to complain about Tom Brady. Well, this whole—I mean, this agitates me a little bit. Well, one, it's Tom Brady, <laughs> and, and and believe it or not, the Indianapolis Colts have a little bit of a history with this guy. Um, I've never heard. Yeah, yeah, there used to be. Uh, who was our quarterback? Shocking. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, we had a guy. Who knows? It was really good. <laughs> but Manning. Oh, was, yeah. Was thank you. Good? Thank you. I was waiting all day on that. I was going to say Phil Rivers. Um, <laughs> No, I, I couldn't it. tell what was sarcastic. Yeah, I, I love Phil Rivers, in fact. But, um, okay, listen, Tom Brady has a gazillion dollars, and he was a he professional does. football player all his life uh, from college, from Michigan to the NFL to now right. with his resources that he has. He's been able to live right. this particular lifestyle with these the best trainers in the world and the yes. best science yes. in the world. And, and he is ahead True. of everything. He's ahead of, you know, if there's no, I, I, I don't want to insinuate that, but he has all the stuff and it's better stuff than what we have. <laughs> the kind of life he lives and the fact that he's oh. running a 40-yard dash at that speed doesn't surprise me because he has the tools. I can't run sure. 40 yards right now to save my soul. But that, sure. th that's no, okay I, because I'm very realistic. I'm a real person. Tom Brady is not. I like I like that you said that he has the stuff and that he didn't want to insinuate anything. I'll go ahead and do it because Indianapolis is going to embrace it. Steroids. Tommy's probably <laughs> lo loaded up with the steroids. Who knows? I have no idea, but I'm guessing he is. And Indy, all of everyone agrees. Manning would have never done steroids. He didn't need them. No, he was no, he was an amazing no. quarterback. That Tom Brady, though, <laughs> you got to be a lot of the steroids. You just became Indianapolis's new favorite son, Craig, right there. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do an expose uh, yeah. where I have absolutely nothing to back up my facts, and I just keep throwing them out there. 
Um, another thing I found that I like a lot, and I'm going to I'm gonna uh, try to position this as best I can before I play it, because the audio is only so convincing, but I believe that our, our human experiences are all similar. I think a lot of people right now are totally fine with going to a job, especially in customer service, and demonstrating they're not happy to be there to customers, like they're grumpy, they're, they're mean. You walk in, you see mean-faced person, and you ask them a question, and they give you mean answer. And then you walk away like, what did I do? I think I did. I, I think they exist a lot more places than we used to have in um, in customer service. A case in point to me is this viral video where a dude is trying to order a, a Minute Maid, not lemonade version, I guess some other flavor, at a drive-thru. And the woman is making absolute fun of him uh, in the drive-thru speaker because she doesn't think they have two different forms of drink product made by the same company. So here's a little bit of audio of this. It might be a stretch where I'm taking it. But I think there's a lot of people who have these snarky kind of attitudes these days. You got peach flavor? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Minute Maid, not lemonade. Minute Maid juice. Uh, <laughs> Minute Maid is lemonade, but it's okay. Whatever it's okay. Yeah, not lemonade, though. I, I love the it's okay part. The it's okay, whatever you want. Minute Maid is lemonade. I know you want peach, but I'm not listening to you. Am I right about this? Are there a lot of people in customer service right now who don't mind showing you they're not having a good day? I haven't encountered any more. That would bother me, though, a, a little bit. I'm, I'm like, what, what the hell? I'm reading the menu here. You know, give me a break. Right. Uh, you, you're on the job. I'm yes. on the job. I'm trying to get through right now. It's just let, let's make our lives easier. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what I do notice is sometimes, and this happened to me at, at the butcher the other day. I was at the butcher, and I, I nice. walked in at 7 o'clock. They were shutting things down, starting to cover the chicken, and I was the, oh, hey, man, do you, do you mind? Please, please love you. Do you mind packaging up a couple of pounds of chicken? <laughs> you know, oh, Come you're on. the best. Thank you. And I'm just showering them with compliments and he mm -hmm. looks at he looks like he wants to murder me and it's it's because I'm <laughs> and he has so, a butcher knife and he has a butcher yeah. knife carl thank you he's probably he's probably covered in blood too he's covered in blood he's wearing a jason mask it, it was crazy and <laughs> um and, and i'm thinking to myself i'm walking away and yes he was a little bit surly with me but i was sure. like you know you did walk in when they were closing up so sometimes nah, I, I wonder when we just hear these viral clips is what's the bigger portion of the story in this case yeah i was pushing a little bit and yes i knew that they were closing and yeah, i was yeah. trying to get in right before they ramped up the chicken and, and i did but i still made his job a little bit harder and he was surly he was tired you know what i love he was tired you know he worked his ass off all day sure. i mean yeah. i get he it. was all packed up he was ready to go home I, I get all the things you know what i love about your story though is i have a butcher shop near me that i go to and i know the guys and whenever somebody starts to complain about something while they're at the little table asking for stuff and if they're getting real crazy, I, I love what they do. They go, all right, you know what? I, I can't help you. I'm going to go get, you know, this other guy. He's going to come out from back and help you. And I got to move on to another customer. And they always bring out the dude that's doing the butchering. So he is covered <laughs> in blood and he's holding his knife and he that's walks awesome. right up to the, the terrible customer and is like, what do you what do you need? And like, I've, I've seen it happen. They go, uh, no, no, nothing. I don't need like he looks insane. And this dude is just all day like butcher guy. They they do yeah. uh, deer and everything for people. So he he looks as intimidating as a human possibly can. And maybe a lot more offices need that guy. The other guy in the back customer. is walking around the severed hand. So be glad you got him. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right, Pat, you got some
93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, our television partner, Wish uh, TV, has been reporting for a bit, and actually so is our own newsroom, about a couple things that involve surveillance in schools. First, I think there was a bill last month about special needs kids and special needs educators and making sure that surveillance is done because there were accusations of mistreatment of children by teachers in special needs schools. Then after, of course, uh, the very, very talk much talked about death of a student, uh, Lake and Riley, uh, not in Indiana, of course, in Georgia. Uh, Indiana colleges are now talking about adding surveillance equipment, cameras, et cetera, to make their campuses safer. All of these conversations made me think of a buddy of mine who has recently started up, I think over the last couple of years, an organization called TAMRA, Threat Assist Assessment Mitigation and Response Association. His name is Jonathan Jurgens. The website is tamra.us. It is all about the amount of technology that is available in our society to prevent all of the things that we see from the small to the big in the world of risk to both you and your property. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show. What is your reaction to Indiana colleges starting to evaluate more technology? Uh, good morning, Craig. So um, I'll start off by saying, obviously, this is something that I support. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, one of the things that uh, your one word that you use specifically uh, the word evaluate is something that in the process of all of this really needs to, to be used a lot more. Uh, a lot of times people go out with this idea that, hey, uh, we're going to go buy some cameras and uh, we're going to be great. Well, man, I live the camera life every day. I live the surveillance life every day. And the thing that a lot of people don't understand is there's vast differences in technology across just the camera spectrum, let alone the fact that, like when you're referring to the uh, the lake and the story of that, that laking girl, um, yes. You know, the, the thing that does exist is uh, is a, a voice detection technology that can uh, can detect aggression. And that can actually can differentiate between yelling in a happy tone and yelling in an angry tone and when it's serious sure. and when it's not serious. So wow. these are all things that, that you know, when people want to go out there and, and put a good system together to protect people, they need to be talking to experts. And by experts, I don't mean, um, you know, large companies. I mean people that really know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. People that, uh, you know, you're not trying to pat yourself on the back, but create organizations like yours where it's a bunch of different companies. I know you guys have a, a conference that you do every year uh, coming up in a few months in Peoria, Illinois, uh, where you demonstrate all this technology. Here's the real reason I thought of you when I was reading through the story about college campuses, though. It, this is one of the examples that the police used for why the um, equipment they're buying and, and incorporating into the school is good. They said that it's simple license plate reading cameras. And that if someone drives onto that campus with a warrant, the technology will immediately inform the police that there's a person on campus who has an existing warrant. They can go track down that vehicle and uh, talk to that person and see if that's someone that they need to remove from campus. That's one simple example. But at your uh, conference, I saw all kinds of technology that can detect a gun, can detect all kinds of things, lock doors, do an insane amount of stuff. So if you don't mind giving me a little more context into the technology that's available, that if investment um, uh, became less of a debate point for people, we can fix or, or attempt to fix a lot of the issues we see in our society of danger uh, through implementing the correct use of this technology. Yeah, so implementation needs to advance about the same degree that technology itself is advancing. And one of the things that uh, you mentioned with the police saying that, hey, we have this license plate camera, this is where I, where, what I was referring to when I first came on your show, is 
we we have these cameras going up everywhere around here in our own community called block cameras, and they're great. They're a great tool for the police departments. But the thing that, that they don't understand is that is literally only using one analytic to detect one thing. So if the person doesn't have a license plate using a different car and they still have a warrant, is it going to do you any good? Probably not. Right. No. But if you implement the same license plate reader analytic on a normal surveillance camera, it will still do the job of a license plate analytic technology uh, camera, but it'll also allow you the opportunity to put weapons detection in, slip and fall detection in. These are all things that we can integrate with other systems as well as provide alerts and direct notification to police departments to let them know that a, a danger is present or somebody is injured and you need to be here. Yeah. Uh, tell me if you were given access to a school system what is the first thing that you're telling people that they need to incorporate, that they need to do uh, to protect the school from the, the viral incidents, the, the horrific incidents that we talk about? I know a lot of violence is not actually a mass shooting. A lot of violence is much more uh, a small group of people where someone is, is hurting someone else or, you know, uh, gunfire takes place between a, a group of people having a dispute, I think is what they said after the uh, football, the Super Bowl parade. But what is the first thing that you say to these schools to help them understand what is out there and what they're missing? So to be honest, I, I start off with the uh, the concept that, that like my camera organizations, not just consisting of, of my companies, the design solutions and people in electronics. I'm actually currently talking to a company called Infinite Systems who does drone security even. Um, we wow. suggest very, very first and foremost that you start this protection at the property line as far out as you can possibly control the, the situation as far out as you can see, as far out as you can lock things down. If you can put it at the property line, that's the answer. And we don't necessarily recommend technology to start. We could say, hey, look, put some bushes out here so that you draw a distinct line between where public space is and where your private space is. And try to make sure that your drive lanes are not straight. Those have nothing to do yeah. with technology. Then once we move into the technology sphere, all right, let's use the right cameras to guard that entire border and let's use video analytic technology to start establishing where people are safe and where they need to be seen and where you could possibly sneak some firearms in. Then once you get to the building, let's talk about access control. And we just layer it all the way through the building from the outside to the yeah. inside. And it's very non-invasive. It doesn't look like it's a prison. Um, and it functions quite well. We even have a partner that does uh, like laminate for safety film. If you shoot through sure. it, you still can't barge through the glass. These are all yeah. things that um, we can do to keep people safe pretty easily. We only got like one minute till I have to get to traffic, but I want to ask you one more question and quickly, uh, if you can answer it. Uh, it's all about delaying uh, the harm. Uh, I know you've told me that a bunch of times. If a system is in place that can stop someone for 10, 15, 20 minutes before they are capable of committing harm, that's the amount of time uh, police usually need to respond to something, right? Right. Yep. So if you detect it quickly and and can provide resistance so that uh, a threat cannot continue to advance upon innocent people and allow the police officers to get there in a timely fashion. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some times where police are already there, but sometimes the system itself breaks down. There's training and stuff like that, that some of my partners in the law enforcement agencies are working on to try to increase the 
the responsiveness and standardize the training so that everybody knows what they're doing. I, I kind of have you involved with something moving up here pretty soon. And yeah, I'm sure I know. It exciting, I'm excited so. about that. I'm going to take place in a, a police training thing where I got to be a bad guy or an innocent civilian. I got to let you go. We got to get to traffic. Thank you so much, right, Jonathan Jurgens, with Tamra Threat Assessment Mitigation and Response Association, Tamra.us, a great conference where they show off a lot of the newest technology every year in about September or so in Peoria, Illinois. the morning news 93 wibc my name is craig collins filling in uh, matt and carl hanging out as they do every single morning on this show uh some things that i saw out there that i, I really really enjoy uh, the first one is the gen z does not understand how to do taxes uh, i've seen this story before but it feels like it pops up around this time every single year right now uh only 44 percent of them say they understand the tax filing process even a little bit and a whole lot of people believe they're uh, doing it wrong Probably not a good start to your tax filing uh, life if you're uh, likely to be opening up some some uh, you know opportunities to get in trouble with the IRS. Uh, but here's the thing: I, I think you can just learn this on your own. I, nobody like sat me down and walked me through how to do taxes. I just started doing them, and it, it seems like the confusion or the roadblock here is that Gen Z is expecting someone to sit them down and teach them how to do their taxes. I don't know if that's what you guys think, Matt. I don't know if you or sat down by somebody and taught how to do taxes at some point in your life. No, nobody knows how to do taxes. That's pretty much <laughs> the thing. And uh, According to this, a quarter of the population is about to get audited right now. Um, I'm thinking it's a situation. I, listen, I, these, yeah, I had to teach myself. I, I taught myself uh, through TurboTax for the most part. And right. That's what I use. We're not affiliated. Yep. But... It's. It, I mean, who understands the tax code? It's designed so we don't understand it, right? And to say Gen Z has more of a problem with this than me as a millennial Xer, I, I, I don't. I'm not mad at them about that. I guess because no. it's really. I don't get it as much as I probably should. For a middle-aged man, I'm, I'm going to yeah. confess that. No. Now, I don't have any problems with taxes, but, you know, that right. doesn't mean I haven't or that doesn't mean I will or miss something because I like to do them on my own because I, I'm a regular guy who lives paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. Yeah. And, and I want to find the most affordable option to do this. I mean, you're already well, I, in the case of paying, you're already paying the taxes. Right. The last thing you want to do is pay another two hundred dollars for an yeah, accountant. No. And I know I sound cheap and this is not a place to be cheap. <laughs> But I am. <laughs> Uncle Sam is greedy. Uh, I, I definitely yeah. understand that. I definitely feel that myself all the time. And I, I always say this on the radio when I talk about this, because I'm always worried someone's going to audit me because of something I said on the radio. I always miss deductions on purpose. There's stuff where I'm like, I don't know. If they're going to challenge me for this, I'll just let this you know, be a thing uh, that I lose some money on. I feel like that's safer because when the IRS looks over my stuff and they realize I could have saved some more money, even if I made a few mistakes, they're like, well, leave him alone. We're not going to ask him questions because eventually he's going to have to or we're going to get we're going to have to give him more money back. So that's that's my like defense of the whole thing is that I leave some money on the table intentionally, which sounds very dumb. But I feel like I'm paying the mob to stay away from me. I that's don't think it I sounds feel. dumb at all. I, I think it's what you have to do with something that's so convoluted, so hard right. to understand. Right. And just like I said, not made for us to understand. I think that's very Correct. wise. And. 
for somebody who has real for somebody has real investments that of of course get an accountant i mean i'm just saying you know for somebody like me who i i don't have a house in meridian hills (laughs) i mean i don't have a boat on geist lake (laughs) here in indianapolis so i I don't need an accountant and and i'm fine with that but for somebody with more investments yeah they'll tell you go get an accountant of course you do that um another story that i love out there a lot i thought this was pretty funny Uh, they did a study on how long an american worker can pay attention during a meeting like what's the maximum amount of time before you cannot do it anymore and apparently the answer is 27 minutes for a lot of us it's probably way shorter than that but the absolute most amount of time that you can be locked in for any kind of meeting at work is just under a half an hour after that you are toast you are gone you want it to be over it absolutely sounds true to a lot of us mostly because a lot of meetings at work feel like they could have been sent via an email uh, but do you have a reaction to this one, Matt? Yeah, I have one meeting I do, and I really like it. It's every week, and it's for, uh, you know, I, I work with some really creative people, and that's that's an excellent meeting. And before that, nice. I, I haven't really ever been in meetings where I thought that I had to be there, and that's maybe <laughs> just a me thing. But um, sure. a lot of I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was in my early 20s, and we'd have a meeting every Monday morning, a sales meeting, and it just seemed oh, like yeah. a time for the people with a little more experience, a little bit more time under their belt, you know, make it a little bit more money just talk about themselves yeah. i mean they talk about their shoes and what they did that weekend and damn it 20 minutes in we still hadn't done anything and those are the kind of <laughs> meetings i you know we could do without i mean we don't oh, yeah. need all this at least that's Man, the way i feel about it you know i didn't know we both did sales at one point in our life did you do sales while you were doing like uh radio uh as like the way to actually make money early on in the radio career i i did um i was also selling debt consolidation programs for a while i was a nice. telemarketer yeah it was not I worked nice at, yeah i worked at career builder uh selling their services i worked at a lot of places uh selling services and uh yeah, I'm glad that that life is over. I admire salespeople. It's a very hard job. Oh, it's terrible. Every single day. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like you wake up uh, the first of every month. So today people are waking up and if they just crushed February, nobody cares anymore. They're like, oh, get man. back to work in March. Get it done. It's such uh, a what have that. you done for me today? Society, right, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Come on, guys. We need a little bit more money Let's coming go. in. <laughs> Listen, we brought pizza and it's 9 a.m., dude. Well, you don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, I love that. When you stay it's late a... and they're like, but we're going to buy pizza. We're yeah, not going to give like, you extra yeah, money. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's always the reward. Yeah. Let's have a pizza party i'm like hey, yeah screw you man i mean yeah, you know, yeah guys just give me more money so i can buy my pizza at home on my own um <laughs> one last home. thing i saw that i love that's gone viral and the audio is not as good as the video you gotta go look there's a toddler a little kid i think she's only like a year old that has a golden girls style hairdo that is absolutely going viral for it because it looks adorable and it looks amazing and she's actually doing like more adult things in some of the videos it seems like she's doing her own taxes at one year in one of them but she's viral she's all over the internet there's probably going to be merch for her. i don't know how you react to this okay i just googled it and, and this is this is incredible this is this is the good <laughs> part about social media i yes. mean we hear so many bad things but this is why social media was made this is why facebook can be a good thing yes. if we utilize our powers for the good of man and, and that's and this is I, I want more of this kind of stuff i mean this right. kid's adorable and right and the mom's into it and the kid's having a blast at least like she looks like she's having a blast she so does. yeah let her enjoy her life let her do this thing and that's i mean you want to talk about new things for younger people in gen z i mean this is this is totally a good thing I, there I think you go it's matt and yeah. i both absolutely agree turn the internet into a place where kids have uh golden girls hairdos and we'll all be happier uh <laughs> i'm so <let's>... gullible <laughs> it's just it's, it's uh, no me too let's hit traffic and i'll be back in a bit
How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Filling up on the news. Tony Katz of the morning news. Now we're hitting another speed bump, not a full-on pothole, according to them, in the world of inflation. Uh, the Federal Reserve has a quest of trying to get inflation down to about 2%. Uh, that's not happening. Uh, we were just barely under 3% a year over year uh, last month, uh, according to the core personal consumption expenditure price index, uh, one of the ones they, they turn to constantly. Uh, so whether or not they're going to keep hiking or, um, you know, letting uh, rates stay uh, stagnant is 100% tied to how much they're failing uh, to rein in inflation still. Uh, the funny thing about talking about how great the economy is and whatever it is that Biden is trying to run on with Bidenomics is that they still aren't succeeding in tamping down inflation to a level that we saw before or even uh, saw better than uh, when the other guy was in the White House. So I, I think that's interesting that they're, they're essentially touting a success that's still at least a, a percentage point away uh, in the world of failure, not succeeding. All right, let's get to Tony Katz. He has been reporting uh, live, uh, well, uh, on tape uh, from Israel. Uh, now, we did this one on the phone, and he's in a, a unique location, so there, there are some little bit of audio uh, issues you'll be able to tell. But nonetheless, uh, Tony's words are very powerful. Uh, here he is with his latest report uh, from Israel. I am standing in Raim, guys, right here, right now. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Raim was the site of the music festival where hundreds were massacred by Hamas terrorists. And I am standing right now in that field. And there are people who have come from all over Israel. I think they've come from all over the globe to, to pay their respects, to see what has taken place. I'm trying to think of an area in Indianapolis that could well represent this. It is part field, part grove. Um, the, the roadways are all dirt and, and parking areas. And, and then uh, there, there's the area where the stage was. There's no, I, I don't think Turkey Run Park uh, is, is well applied here. I don't know if the park at Fort Ben uh, works uh, as a way to kind of understand it. It's a pretty large spot. And it is filled not only with Israeli flags, but they started planting trees to honor the dead. And it's just rows and rows and rows of hundreds of trees and the names of the people who were murdered and pictures. And I, 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 I will take some photos and I will share them. It's been one of the big conversations uh, as I, I just... Uh, uh, did a tour of a kibbutz, uh, which is uh, uh, where some people live. We want to call it a village, a bit of a commune kind of feel, one called Berry. Uh, and it was the hardest hit kibbutz. Damage I, di I didn't see in any picture. No picture that has ever uh, been shown shows the damage. The RPGs, uh, rock-propelled grenades, fired into homes from five, six, seven, ten feet away. It's it's massive. Homes that were set on fire because they were trying to burn the people out. Either they would come out so they could get shot and killed or they would die of smoke inhalation. The, the barbarism, we have not begun to understand the level of, of barbarism and not just from the Hamas terrorists. Uh, there are stories that people came through uh, the border at Gaza, which I'm just a few miles away from right now, 
um, came through, uh, who, who were not quote unquote part of Hamas, but uh, absolutely were there to to do damage and inflicted some of the most radical damage and the most physical abuse on people, as I'm told, from soldiers and and others uh, in 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 my uh, in my travels here. Um, there's been a question though about: Do you take video? Do you take a picture? Isn't it a little bit ugly? Uh, just moments ago, I was at the bus stop where people ran to as the terrorists were paragliding in uh, and and trying to be safe. It's it's basically a concrete box, and you can see the bullet holes where the bullets tore away at the concrete, and the people that died in 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 this in this concrete box trying to to get away do you take pictures of that and and for me the the answer is yes because documentation is everything telling the story is everything i didn't come here just to see i came here to share and share the story that people like Congressman Rashida Tlaib and Congressman Andre Carson don't share. And shame on them, anybody who wants to talk about Israel and how dare they without talking about Hamas and how dare they. Everything is better when Hamas is gone. Peace can happen when Hamas is gone. There's no debating. We're done with that. I say let's fight. And for all the trolls and fools who show up on my social media feeds, you are what you are and we are what we are. And what we are, are people recognizing that there is a disaster in our humanity, a disaster. And that disaster is Hamas, funded by Iran. Hezbollah, funded by Iran. The Houthi rebels, funded by Iran. We have a theme here. This is brutality. And it has been, uh, I started my day 6 a.m. local time, so that would have been 11 p.m. for you guys. And it's just been Non-stop, non-stop, one place after another, one horrible story after another, one, oh my gosh, what am I looking at after another? Uh, I, 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 the, the barbarism is more than we have been told. And so sharing this part of it, uh, um, I am glad I get to do uh, with you. I appreciate it, uh, Craig, giving me a couple minutes on my own show. Um, I've got more reporting going on. We head to the north in a couple of days, but I'll have more for you uh, and on Tony Katz today at noon, and you'll find the videos that we've done at WIBC.com. Uh, Craig, back to you. Incredible reporting for Tony, and the picture of all the trees that have been planted for all those who have been lost is uniquely, um, uniquely impactful. A uh, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100, oh, excuse me, quick break, a lot more, 93 WIBC, Tony Katz, The Morning News.
traffic report in uh, real quick don't we i can do it again craig i don't mind i mean sweet I, that's what carl just told me did we do this i, I don't even know yeah i'm pretty we sure didn't we did it. wait carl yeah, carl yeah. we did it we're good both, yeah, both I, of us I, I agreed, need more though. traffic i'm sorry about yeah. that um, that's, somebody's, it, somebody's paying me that's all i know i gotta be i gotta be honest matt uh, carl just got in my ear and said i think we need to do another traffic report and i could have corrected him but i had no idea my all brain I know is immediately I have, forgot two minutes ago i have to do so many reports an hour and after that i'm paid more so uh yeah. who's paying me? you know my favorite part about this stuff too actually is uh, i do the weather <laughs> or at least i used to do the weather at a different radio gig i have every day and then i'd go home i think we're going to skip the traffic right here i'd go home <laughs> and um um i my my wife would ask me hey yeah, woo. oh no wait stop the break um uh, i would go home and my wife would ask me like what's the weather gonna be and I, I literally just did it uh at the job before i get home and i'm like i have no idea i, I don't know right uh, you got to tell me what the weather is the, these these element things for us they become our break man we start to think of them as the time we have that's off you know especially the the commercial break the commercials are very important we love all of our sponsors but for us, that's like the the bathroom break time. Yeah, I've, I I could describe that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's fun. But no, both Carl and I, we we screwed up together there, and we wanted more Matt traffic. We wanted the extended uh, version, I guess. I have a couple quick things here before we uh, get out of here, and then I jiggle my brain to make sure it's still working, and I haven't yeah, acquired any sort of Biden problems. Oh. I know that was mean. I love I love this story. So a woman matches a dude on Tinder. She says he seems like the perfect guy. Like she thinks he's very attractive. She thinks all the things he likes are things she likes. She thinks it's like her ideal match. And so they start chatting. Uh, her name is Kendra, by the way, and she's 29 years old. The guy's name is Josh. I don't know much else about him. And I guess they were talking without ever meeting each other for a while. It, it sounds like it might have been a couple months. And then eventually this guy asked her to pay his electricity bill which was $376 without meeting, without anything. So Mr. Perfect became a scam artist or somebody, you know, that needs some cash. I don't know. I've never heard that before to go the road of, hey, uh, this has been fun. I can't wait to hang out with you. I, I need some money. No, no. Usually when you're messaging with a match on Tinder, you're sending her something else first. Uh, that's as I understand. <laughs> sure. it, it's, a, it's a little more than. Um, well, OK, listen, the guy it starts dating her and he shoots his shot. Will you pay my electric bill? That's that's not chivalry in my book. That's no. not how I do it necessarily. I may offer to buy her dinner, then ask her at dinner if you'll pay my electric bill. Um <laughs> No, it's it's Tinder, man. I mean, and yeah. it, and I'm a little confused because when I was on Tinder, I didn't get any matches. All right, which says a lot about me. But but for women, there are so many more guys available to women than vice versa. So it, she picks this guy out, says he's the perfect match. I'd still leave your doors open for a little bit. You know, leave the door open so you can, you sure. know, maybe find somebody else. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I'll tell you one thing. I got a buddy. I, I didn't do Tinder. Uh, my wife and I met and, you know, are married and have been married for years now. So I didn't, I didn't really have the online dating experience, but I got a buddy of mine who says what you say that like, he's on them. He doesn't get any matches. So my favorite thing he does is he just swipes right on everybody. He doesn't read profiles. He doesn't even look at photos. He just, every single one is a yes. And he sees if that maximizes his matches. And he says it does. He goes, he does get more matches. He winds up not interested in all the people he's matching with, but he just wanted people to like him 
So he just he just likes everyone, I guess. That's swiping right, I think, yeah, is what he said. Doing that, he's going to end up with the woman with the tail. <laughs> he might, but maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he's looking for a woman with a tail and doesn't know it until he matches with her. But he does do that. And then he's flooded with matches occasionally, uh, which I guess is some sort of placebo effect that makes him feel very happy, even if he doesn't wind up going on many dates. <laughs> I, I I'm not getting a date out of it, but at least uh, somebody likes right. my picture. At least know. I feel like... 300 people like me or something. I can't remember. It's not that many. He's not going to be liked by 300 people. He's my friend, and I feel like it's going to be less than that. Um, that was mean. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I saw this. I, I can't get over this. Do you know what eggshell parenting is? No, I don't. Eggshell so parenting. It's, it's this thing as described by a psychologist where you set your kid up to be overly concerned about um, you know, something going wrong. Walking on eggshells essentially is what it is. You might be nervous about stuff in your own life and you might pass that on to your child, but it, it makes them less capable of handling a mistake or handling some sort of, you know, a bad moment because you've you've told them to focus so much on trying to prevent them. It's almost like an overprotection thing for kids too, where uh, parents think they're doing a good job, but they're actually creating a very insecure, very worried uh, child uh, where the the reality is you got to let them make mistakes. Kids got to bump into walls to know not to bump into walls, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought it was a really interesting thing. So basically you're pacifying your child. Do I understand Correct. that right? I mean, you whatever they do is going to be right in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, well, yeah, that's, that's not going to be good learning experience for the child as they grow up, especially when they get closer to the real world. And like you said, you right. have to let the kids make their mistakes. And in some cases, you know, I mean, there was four of us. Um, I have two sisters and a brother and, you know, 75% turned out okay. And it's, and I was allowed <laughs> to make my own mistakes and as right. they were too, but you know, you've yeah. got to let them do the thing. And that's, yes. that's important. And that's about all I know about parenting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I broke my arm in second grade. And I'll tell you, I'll never throw more uh, logs into a baby pool uh, again because that definitely was a mistake that I made. You were throwing yeah. logs into a baby pool? Yeah, me and some other kids in the neighborhood were trying to make the biggest splash, and I tried to run with a log heavier than me and throw it into a baby pool, and I broke my arm. Uh, I'm glad there wasn't a baby in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, been, baby pools never have great. babies. It could have yeah, been a lot worse. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. Uh, I'm back um, on Monday for a couple more days next week. Uh, Tony is still in Israel, so we'll hear from him. Uh, we'll hear from everybody on this show. Uh, Matt, Carl, and I hanging out with you. Uh, but take